Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, examine, question, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life choices of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Money Nerve, a financial resource that helps you have a healthier relationship with money. Do you feel shame around your past financial decisions? Do you feel alone in your financial struggles? Do you self-sabotage your potential financial successes? Do you keep making the same choices, expecting different results? The Money Nerve has just launched a new online course called The Course to Financial Freedom. To learn more, go to themoneynerve.com forward slash course. The Money Nerve has an offer to all Money You Should Ask listeners for a 25% discount on the course. Use code MYSA, all caps, 25, and start your course to financial freedom now. So I'm excited today because I have with us the world famous producer, director, Elliot Lester. Elliot, thank you for joining us. It's awesome. It's a pleasure. It's this is so. I was going over your credits. You've done Blitz uh, with Jason uh, Statham, uh-huh. uh, Nightingale, which got a Golden Globe uh-huh. nomination, um, Sleepwalker. Uh, you got. Your, I mean, you got your start doing music videos yeah. and. Um, uh, award-winning McDonald's commercial which, with, with me, mm-hmm. where I did a terrible job of playing basketball. For but I was a great basketball fan. You, you actually moved the needle in that market. You actually, uh, <laughs> I think you spiked the sales that uh, year. They, everybody went. Well, no I didn't complained. remember what the burger was. It was some special NBA burger. I don't think we'll ever know the contents of that. We'll never. I think I had to eat about a hundred of those burgers. And for that, you deserved every penny. It was worth every penny. <laughs> Although after tried to make, they tried to make it go from SAG to AFTRA in the pain. That's terrible. <laughs> they're yeah, like, I'm no, sure. we can pay you as AFTRA. Yeah. Actors, it's rough. It's rough. Terrible. So, um, and you, so you're originally from across the pond. I am from London. England. From London, yeah. Great Britain. I wonder why they never went with Good Britain. I guess Great just sounded better. I think it would probably be Good Britain now. <laughs> it's Good Britain. And great, great Britain then. <laughs> so, um, like, did you always want to be a director? No. What did you want to do? What were you going to so be? So my life, um, my my conscious life was when I uh, I, I started traveling around the world, mm-hmm. uh, and I lived in India for about a year and experienced that. And then I came back, went to university, got a philosophy degree. Yeah. And then I decided to take six or seven months out, and I moved to a country called Uzbekistan, and I became a sheep herder. Oh, wow. I, would, I would steer cattle in the Kamush Khan Valley, which is the foothills of the Himalayas. But um, And I, I had a pretty great time. And then from there, I came back, finished my degree, and then um, I decided to uh, join the circus, join the, the sort of movie business in England. And I was doing Japanese commercials. I was doing the commercials that all the movie stars would do but would never tell you about. Oh, right. So I started at the very, very bottom. And uh, there were no cell phones and Mm -hmm. things like that back then in the rotary days. And um, I was, uh, I I sort of got bored with that and decided to travel around America and very quickly fell in love with America and the idea of opportunity and Mm -hmm. potential. Mm -hmm. And uh, I... um, I ended up becoming an American quite quickly. Okay. That story I won't tell you about. Okay. 
I think you were there for that. Actually, of course you were there. Uh, yes, what I was. I met you that night. <laughs> but I met Bob. I met you in my first year. You were very nice to me. I've never forgotten how how good you were. You were oh. an amazing man. You. I didn't have much money, and I needed my accounting done. And I said to you, I, I, can you give me a discount? And you gave me the, you gave me a biblical discount. <laughs> and I thought, if you've got someone who's going to be that good to you early in your life, then you stick with that person. Yeah. Here we are, twenty-four years later. Here we are. I want to ask you this. So you, uh, you, sh- you did sheep herding. I did. Yeah. How do you quit that job? Like, yeah. who do you? Like, why do you, do you quit that well, job? Why do you quit that job? Yeah. How do you quit that job? Um, you mean to get off the horse and say goodbye? Like, yeah. I mean, who, who's like, who are you herding for? And uh, are you the well, master I, herder? Well, I was never a master of any anything that way. But I, I. I had rented a van from a man, and this is God's honest truth, whose name was Horseshit. <laughs> okay. And his name was Horseshit Vyadov. And Horseshit Vyadov had friends in the Kamushkar okay. and had convinced me to go there and said, you can get in the saddle and you can ride around and you can steer the sheep. And that's, that's what I, that's what I, I wasn't, I wasn't. It wasn't like this is going to be a career for a while. It was just. A cool was experience. Like, hey, you know what? There's something else I haven't done. Yeah. Why not? And what, you, what would happen is you would, you know, because you're out in the field. Yeah. I say you're out in the in the con. Yeah. And um, you would milk horses and yeah. you drink horse milk, ah. which tastes like horse sweat. Yeah. And you would you would obviously eat some of the herd. And yeah. you'd eat, like, sheep's testicles with kidneys that were sort of fat. Oh, it's such a good... Yeah, with a little bit of rice, it's and, awesome. And I, I, to be honest with you, I love the simplicity yeah. of the life. Yeah. I can't tell you I learned a lot, because I think it's... A, apart from the peace, but... Yeah, it was quite good. I really didn't learn anything about money management. Yeah. Well, I, I, was, a, I was a Dokyo herder for a day what? when I was in Nepal. Oh, and so Tokyo is like a yak, and the, right. they had to do some. They forgot to negotiate some food or something, uh-huh. and the and the Tokyo herder had to go, and they were like, "Hey, Bob, you've done this a couple times because yeah. I'd been to um, Nepal." And they're like, "How about you? You want to herd the Tokyo?" So I had like thirty five Tokyos, and it was very scary because. If you, I didn't know which way I was supposed, there were a couple of times where I got to a road. Were you from the rear, though, you're coming up the rear. Were you on a yeah, ho- but were you on a horse or you walking? No, I was walking. So, oh, so I, sometimes I'd start at the stop, the right. front, and then sometimes be at the back, because it would always be funny when we'd turn a corner and people would stand aside, and then here comes this little white guy with all this stuff, and people are like, "But I bet they loved you." It was great. It was no. fun. <laughs> <laughs> but that's there is something about the simplicity. Um, being up in those places, which is why I moved to Los Angeles. Clearly, because it's so, super so simple. On, it's so simple. And did did your family when you were growing up? You have siblings. You have a brother. You have a brother. He's here. Okay. And did your parents middle class? So my family, um, their origin is they were they were quite poor, mm-hmm. uh, and and sons and daughters of immigrants and Jewish, and my parents were lower sort of middle class. Mm -hmm. My father was like a a director of sales, Uh, and my mother, her livelihood, she'd been working in fairgrounds her whole life. Okay. Like a little bit like a carny. Okay. Uh, They had a shooting gallery. Okay. Um, And my mom was an expert marksman. Okay. And 
Oh, that's really and cool. Our lifestyle was sort of we didn't really want for anything. Right. My father was sort of financially prudent and would we he would spend the money on vacations mm-hmm. but wouldn't necessarily change the carpets in the house. Right. He was like, Don't worry about that, we should go out and live rather yeah. than But what I learned, and sadly my father passed away recently, was that my father was actually very shrewd. He, he put a lot of money away from my mum and he bought property and he sort of took care of her. I think he, so to answer, sort of answer the question a long way around, um, lower middle class, middle class values. And what were some of the, so one of the things your dad said obviously was it's better to go out and have an experience than, yes. clean, than do the carpet. Were there any other things that you remember, like... Absolutely. I mean, my father had an amazing work ethic. Uh And when I was young, we used to have these sort of open uh, markets, a bit like, you know, like a farmer's market, Mm -hmm. except they would sell everything there. And they were big and they were, I lived near a famous sort of concert hall called Wembley Stadium. And my father got me a job working, selling clothes. And I, but I was 11. Right. And he told the guy who hired me that I was 13 because he felt that I should have a working experience from a very young age. And, and to be fair, it sort of kept me out of trouble because every Sunday I'd have to go and work. Right. And I took that, I had that job. I worked in the market until I was about 15 or 16. I saved, oh, wow. And I saved a lot of money. And you learn how to deal with people. Yeah. The, the public. Yeah. He also, we also had scams. Get, I had a, can I tell you about scams? Yeah. So I had this scam with this girl that used to sell, she worked in the bagel truck. Uh-huh. So Harold, the, uh, who I worked for, who literally never had a cigarette out of his mouth, he, he would give me like 20 pounds to go, go get a couple of bagels, a couple of cups of tea. So I'd go to the girl, she knew who I was, I'd, I'd give her the 20, she'd give me a bag of bagels two cups of tea and 50 pounds back in cash. I'd then give her a tenner, pocket the rest and give them, <laughs> give the change to Harold. <laughs> I know I was on wiser. And yeah, I mean, I, I was doing that pretty, and that was just one scam. We had all different sorts of scams going on. That's so funny. But now like when the scam, like with that one, who proposed it? Was that something you came up with? It was something she came up with? Like how did, I mean, how did you learn those? Because I would see, because when you're around money mm-hmm. and you're seeing money changing hands, yeah. there's always a gap. Right. There's always a little, there's something in the margin and right. I would always like look for the margin. Yeah. How can I sort of, and this is probably the incorrect word, how can I exploit that? Right. And I sort of would. Well, just capitalize it on capitalize. it. That's what we say here in the US. But the other thing, you capitalize. But what it did is it also taught me that you could um, exploit an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You could seize an opportunity if there was a space in the market. Right. Look, uh, do I think it was right? Morally, completely wrong. But, um, and it's not something I've continued to do. Right. But when you're 11 or 12. When you're 11 or 12 and you want to have an extra 20 quid because you want to yeah. buy a CD or something, you, know, you yeah. do it. Now, your dad let you keep the money? My father yeah. had no knowledge of it. Oh, the money that I well, met. no, no, no. Oh, just you mean the, as an eleven-year-old, well, yeah, yeah, as an eleven-year-old working in the market, right, in right? Did he London. let you keep the that money? I, I, I as a, yeah, he wasn't my pimp. Yes, I okay. definitely kept my. Well, no, I, I, the only no, so my parents he, borrowed into my money, so if I, like, did yeah, it? they did. Oh no, my my yeah, no, we 
my father had a thing about debt. Okay. Because his father had been a gambler. Ah. And he would do a thing with bills. He'd get a bill and throw it in the in the drawer, thinking mm-hmm. that the bill would just go away. Right. <clears throat> but they were gamblers. And um, I think my father was petrified of debt. I think my father thought that um, debt was the biggest crime. Yeah. To be beholden to others. Now, he tra- you traveled a lot with your dad? I mean, nope. he... Or he just was about life experience. <clears throat> We'd had family vacations, but from the age of sixteen, I was off. I mean, I was traveling around Europe on my mm-hmm. own, and 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 I've been traveling ever since. He yeah. he was very much about get out the house, live your life, make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. It's not how you. It's not about. Um, it's about how you come back from a problem. Mm-hmm. It's sort of not allowing your past to sort of define you. Keep going forward. Go and try everything. Because, listen, I came from a world, you know, middle-class Jewish. A lot of people, you know, they would go to university, become doctors, become accountants, become lawyers, and they would have a very nice lifestyle. But they might not be happy. (laughs) They might not be happy. But you see, it's sort of, it was like this sort of, I was doing what, what my father was amazing about was you should do all the things that I never did. Oh, that's cool. Because he he couldn't because right. he had to help his parents out. Right. I don't have to support my mum. Yeah. What what what's the greatest thing about traveling? Because I know you travel everywhere, like everywhere. Greatest thing about traveling, I find, is the familiarity with people. <laughs> I I mean, I remember I've done a lot of travel in Southeast Asia and Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And something occurred to me. I spent about a month and a half in Vietnam. I turned my cell phone off and I just I hired this guide and we traveled around. And I said, I want to do homestays. And I would stay in people's houses. And, and there was this familiarity that everybody, it was very basic. People wake up in the morning, like we do. Um, they usually argue with their parent, their family. Great. They have breakfast together. They go to work. They come back. They have the family meal. They sit down. They have a couple of drinks whenever drink their rice wine, and they go to bed, and then the weekends are spent with the family. Yeah. And I found that to be the case all over the world. Yeah. A little bit less here, because I think America's... I think Los Angeles is not America. Los Angeles is a highly individualized place. Oh, yeah. And it's sort of... You build the the walls around you. Mm-hmm. You don't let the walls out. Yeah. That was the thing I, I noticed. Yeah, it was very... People are sort of generally the same wherever I've been. Yeah. So having been around the world and then falling in love with the U.S., but there is something, I don't know, when I travel, and I've traveled a bit, but I also, I remember the first time I went down to Mexico, um, straight out of college, I grew up in Tennessee, Um, we go down to Mexico, and I thought, the signs are in Spanish. This is so ridiculous. I speak English. how bizarre. And how bizarre, right? So, and then I'm like, oh my God, what an asshole. Right, but initially, that... American, wow. everything should be catered to me. You're going to have a hard time in Japan. And you're, <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell you. Well, I've, I've learned a couple things since Forget then. That. But I couldn't believe, like I caught myself, mm. but I think a lot of Americans sort of expect the whole world to cater to them, even in the depths of the Amazon or 
wherever they're going. And so I'm wondering, like, what do you notice about Americans? They are very individualized. Right. I'm not going to say, there's nothing I can say about every single American because I've I've met some of them that's not all of them. Yeah. Um, I Characteristically, Americans are incredibly open, wonderfully non-judgmental, uh, and incredibly ambitious. Mm-hmm. And I think those are just amazing virtues to have. I think... America is far more open than the rest of the world is towards Americans. Okay. I feel that Americans sort of get this bad rap around the world, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's—I don't think it's deserved. I don't think it's justified. What do you find that you like more here in the U.S. versus uh, what you experienced uh, growing up in England? It's very, very simple. It is the wealth of opportunity. It is the fact that you can literally, as I have, go out come here with a dream, make what you want, mm-hmm. try, fail, keep failing, get better, make it again, fail. Come. There's endless opportunities because there's no sense of history. Right. It doesn't matter. No one cares. No one cares. I love that. Well, they care, but they sort of... Right. If you're doing well, they don't hate you for it. Right. Where I come from, they don't like it. There's a sort of tall... They call it tall poppy syndrome. Oh, you're getting too big for your britches yeah, kind of they, thing? Yeah, they cut you down. So tall, tall poppy syndrome is too tall. big for your britches, you're, you're showing off. You're getting a little ahead of yourself, which doesn't ahead. happen here in America, which is fantastic. I'm very, very idealistic about America. I think we're just having a moment. But while we're having this moment, the good news yep. is that there's no permanence to it. Right. It's not permanent. This won't last. Well, and I think that's what's hard for a lot of people is when you're in the moment, it feels like it's the whole world or the whole moment. And the reality is it'll pass. You know, we're, as human beings, what we're taught is to sort of avoid pain, right? Right. Like as soon as something is an affront or difficult for us, we sort of, our reflexes is remove the pain, get it away, get it away, get it away. Well, right now we have to sit with it a little bit. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people that's uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. But... We've sort of, it's not the 1800s. Mm-hmm. People aren't having to panhandle gold. Yeah. We don't, you know, we're not. Yeah. You can go it's to the so hospital. You, you can have, you can drive down the street and have 20 different versions of whatever you want to eat. Yeah. There's no shortage. Yeah. We're, we're pretty well, yeah, pretty, uh, we've, we've got remarkable. a lot. Yes. A lot of abundance. Remarkable. A lot of abundance. Remarkable. Do you talk, you have a son. <laughs> yes. Do you talk with your son about money ever? I do talk to him about money, but my son, my son sort of doesn't necessarily share my um, uh, appreciation of saving and investing, but I don't think he should. Not yet. I mean, I definitely try, look, with children, they're going to be whoever they are. Right. You can give them guidance and you can show them things and what they retain is entirely up to them. And how did you come to that? Like, I know for my parents, sorry, um, everything is about me, you know, am I going to reflect well on them? Am I going to make them look good? Um, And I think that's, you know, maybe, I think that's changing, but I think um, a lot of parents want their children to, you know, have a lot of accomplishments that they can be proud of. Um, I want my son to wake up every day and feel happy, mm -hmm. know that he's loved. And not starve. I yeah. think that's and everything else is his choice. 
you know, and he, if he wants advice from me, I'll give it to him. And if he doesn't, it's not about, he's his own person. I want him to be, look, if he, God forbid, ends up taking drugs and, you know, living on the street, then we'll do something about it. But right. What would he do that would embarrass me? It's kind of embarrassing him. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a very healthy perspective. Yeah, he's, his own, he's, his own, he's, own, he's his own person. I wish I just had more of them. Yeah. I wish I had more kids. Do you have any financial, like, is there anything that financially triggers you? Yes. Um, I have, like, I carry this little bit of sense of poverty fear, mm-hmm. um, which I think I get from my father. Mm-hmm. Which is oh my god is the money going to run out the money going to run out and look when I met you mm-hmm. I was making less than ten thousand dollars a year <laughs> I as you know have gone through the years and I've done much better than that um, but there is always a sense that what's going to happen when it runs out oh my god I'm never going to earn again oh my god this is you know there's always this sort of dread I think what it is is trying for me the thing I fear is you know. Uh, not not having enough mm-hmm. for the future. Yeah. But then it occurred to me the other day, Bob, I've never missed a meal. Right. I've never not been able to get medical care and I've never not had somewhere to sleep. Right. So I think I'm, I'll probably be all right. But, yeah. Is that answering your question? Yeah, I think sure? so. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can answer it in a different way. I'm not sure I'm no, answering no, it in the it's, right it's, way. There's but... no right answer. We won't, we won't grade right. you, I promise. We won't, okay. we won't judge it. Um, now, would you consider yourself frugal? Are you thrifty Care- with money? Well, careful. Careful. Careful in the sense of, um, look, I'm not out eating out 20 times a week every mm-hmm. meal. If I can't afford something, I won't buy it. Yeah. And how do you find that discipline? How do you... Because... In the U.S., we're all, you know... Well, it's amazing here. You guys have credit Don't cards. delay any gratification. you got to have it now. got to have it instant. Put it on credit. Like, how do you um, rein that in? I just sort of... If you don't have it, you're not missing it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I can make sort of objective... Do, what do I want to feel right now? What's going to satisfy me, you know? Right. It's like with alcohol, you know? Like, right. Like, I can have a couple of drinks, but if I have ten, it's not going to make me... It doesn't, I just don't... It doesn't affect me yeah. in the same way. I mean, you know, I don't go, oh, I've got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Never. I don't have that. What do you love spending money on? Like, I love you- spending money on the kids. Okay. I love that. Um, I love giving gifts to friends. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy that, the girlfriends. Um, I really get satisfaction out of paying the mortgages on the properties, to be honest. Yeah, so, so say more quite, about that. What's I so quite good? like that. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I what's know. good about it? That you can afford it or that you know you've got property or you know it's a good investment? I think it's all of those. Yeah. I think it's all of those things. It's sort of like the ability to be buoyant. Yeah. You know, and go, okay, that's, that's giving me a certain level of comfort and confidence. <laughs> it just made me remember. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> The rental properties down in Long Beach. Thing. Well, do you remember the one when we showed? There was one we showed up for the eviction. Yeah, and the woman was pimping her daughter. Right, that was had her bedroom was the front closet, oh and they had a pit bull. But what about who we sold? Who that property was sold to was because that was in two thousand, just two thousand and eight. Yeah, and oh my god, and that property 
because you'd helped me find it, sold for three times what we paid for it, but sold to a man who was on a pension, was a war vet, and managed to get a completely unsecured loan for some ungodly oh. amount. I was like, wow, could you do that? Now you couldn't. No, you that. couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. No, you sort of got in and got out. That was some Thanks cre- to you. Yeah. You were like, I remember you were like, we got to get this. This is not good. That was a bad neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Is it still? I wonder if it's still a bad neighborhood. I don't know. I, I oh man. But yes, so, so uh, I, uh, I think it, like indulging, you know, you must indulge. You have to indulge. Yeah. You mean, we're not ascetics. We're not monks. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, but if you do it too much, you have that diminishing marginal return, don't you? Right. It's like, how many Snickers bars can you eat? Well, yeah. one's great, but yeah. ten? Yeah. Four is really good, but yeah. yeah. Maybe ten. What do you uh, loathe to part with money on? Um, valet. <laughs> is not working for me. Valet. Yeah. Valet parking. Subscriptions. Yeah. Certain subscriptions. Um, I sometimes get very annoyed at the price of coffee. Yeah. I get really... I mean, the coffee that's sort of so bespoke that they've, you know, it's been mixed up by, like, a Cuban girl and they put a moustache on it and so it comes out in a tiny cup and it's $8. Right. That is a peeve. Yeah. Yeah, that's a peeve. Um, um, What else would annoy me? Yeah, the valet is a big one. I do not like yeah. it. I will, I will street park all day long. Yeah, I don't like spending too much on drinks. I don't think drinks should cost $20. No, they should I have not. Thing, I don't like that. I think every drink should be $5. I think that's reasonable. I think $5. Well, did, I've noticed in the 24 years I've been here, the price of eating out is insane. It's insane. Like, I don't know why it's got like that. Maybe it's because rents are so high or something like that. That annoys me if I get a check. Oh, I got it. If I go to a restaurant, yeah. let's say I go to, um, what's that restaurant in La Brea? Come on, be- big, beautiful one. Not, oh the, not the bakery. It's next, to the, it's next to the bakery. It's beautiful. It's a, uh, La Republique. Oh, okay. So I love Republique. Mm-hmm. You go to Republique, you have a beautiful meal. Mm-hmm. You know, you're paying over, whatever. Yeah. You sit down, you get the check. And then in the check, they've added the tip. Ugh. Then they've added an extra 5% for the medical. And I'm like, this is, why am I, why? <laughs> and then you're like, you don't want a tip. Yeah, that's funny. So you pay for the medical as well. Yeah, I'm like, wait, wait a second. No, no. Um, those are the things that would, Really now, if you if you go out, if you take a bunch of people out for dinner yes. and you tell everybody that you're paying. Korean. Um we oh, you go Korean. Get a Korean food. And then, do you care if everybody gets what they want, or do you? No, I couldn't care. No, but if you want to have that sort of fantastic dining experience, and you don't want to get jacked, yeah. go have Korean because they give you pak chum and all these tiny little dishes. Yeah, those are cool. That's the, the life hack. Yeah. Yeah, that's no. I don't mind with it. We let them do it. I don't like it with if you're like a non-drinker and you go out and everyone's ordering drinks and then the check comes and someone ordered like. 12 bottles of wine and you get lumbered with that bill. Yeah. People should do what they want. That's funny. I just, well, when you were talking about drinks should be five bucks, I remembered I took, 
uh, this is like so bad on me, but I took the staff out for dinner, right? Where did turned, you go? Uh, there was this fancy place in Santa Monica. You're not going to tell me? I can't remember the name of it now. Um, was it on the and my poor, well, my assistant booked the place and she had a miscommunication. So I thought I was paying happy hour prices because we were going at five. So I thought the dinner was going to cost me like a hundred bucks and it cost me like 600 bucks. Okay. And and so I was already upset, right? And I'm trying to be calm. I'm like, it's Christmas. It's a holiday party. But what got me was I said, you know what? Everybody, whatever you want, get drinks. And a couple people got premium. Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, I'll have the whatever. And the drink was like... 18-year-old Lafroy. Yeah. And I'm like, really? You couldn't just have a margarita? And so I was sitting here trying to be gracious, but in my mind going crazy. So I had to have somebody else hand over my credit card so I didn't feel like I paid for it. Even though it was on my credit card. Well, next year it'll be, it'll be Outback Steakhouse with well drinks. That's right. That's it. Exactly. We'll get vouchers. You get beer or wine and not an old... That actually says more about them than it yeah. does really about you. Yeah. Because it just you, triggered Just because if you can take advantage of somebody, doesn't mean you should. Yeah. He says that working in Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've been taking advantage. Oh, so um, where do you want to be financially um, in 10 years from now? I mean, a couple more properties, I think. Um, a little more cash in the bank. Not, you know, I'm not greedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask me where I would have wanted to travel, and that would be a different conversation. Yeah. That's really more important to me. I sort of like, you know, you don't take it with you. Obviously, you've, you've got to be, you got to have a certain level of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one thing in America that is very difficult. We don't really look after each other that way. Yeah. There's no real, as you, and the middle class is getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. Yeah. You don't really, your medical's expensive and it's care expensive. is expensive mm-hmm. and eventually you end up with nothing. Yeah. So I want to sort of avoid that. Where do you want to travel? I want to go to, back to Africa. I want to go to Senegal. I want to try, I want to miss the Belgian Congo because that's very scary. Yeah. I'd like to go to Burma. Mm. I think I'd love to do a road trip around Sicily and then Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, where haven't I been? Vladivostok, on the, which is, you know, the most eastern part of Russia. I'd like to see that. Have you been to Moscow? I have been to Moscow. I would you, love to go there. You would? It's quite an ugly city. Well, I wanted to see... Uh, you know, St. Basil's I want to see Kremlin. Uh, the Kremlin Square and all that. Red Square. I mean... Red Square. Wherever you can go that's not on the 405... Is a, it's the right journey. <laughs> Although I will say the four or five has been a miracle recently. It's sort of nice when everybody stays I, home. I'm like, I'm like, I, what's going to happen when we all go back? I, do you think we'll ever all go back? Oh, you are cynical about what's going on. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I think there's been a real um, a paradigm shift. I think a lot of people are realizing I could, I could do this from home. Do I need to be out? I, I don't know. I, I think people are being forced even painfully forced to be with family, be with people. And I do think, I mean, to the point that you're saying, Americans don't take care of their own sometimes. And I think we're having to reevaluate that. I mean, I wonder if you're right. I suppose you are because none of these offices are opening up. No. And what does that do to commercial real estate? Well, it does terrible things for commercial real estate. What about in retail? Like people aren't going shopping. They're just sticking at home and clicking. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's a crazy time. Do you like buying stock? Do you buy? Are you? I have. Yeah, well, you know, I have. Um, I think, look, again, you have to play. I've done a few impulse buys. I think that you have to, for me, 
have a couple, it's like spread betting. You've got like a couple of blue chips mm -hmm. that you're safe. Then you've got your sort of medium earners, you know, and then you've got a couple of wild cards, you know. Mine was Schmucker's Jam. <laughs> that was my wild. <laughs> I did mess with Bitcoin, as you know. Yes. Although Bitcoin's doing well right now. Well, I'm hoping my, you know, I got into Bitcoin. You helped sign me up on uh, I mean, Coinbase yeah, and then doing, I lost all my money. But it's doing well right now. <laughs> I'm hoping I'll at least get back to. What is it? 12,000. Okay, well, I put in like, I think I put in t 10, and I'm still at 2. <laughs> I put in more than that. Yeah, I'm yeah, still down I put eight. in more than that. I'm and still... what did you do? Did you do with the, you did Litecoin, Bitcoin. And Ethereum. Ethereum, but you see, they're, they're really great. Yeah. Long term, you'll be all right. Yeah, I'm in for the long, I'm not going to sell until I get my money back. I think you'll probably see after the election that there'll be a big spike in that. Cool. I mean, I'm not a pundit, but. I just hope it gets back up and then I'm going to freaking, I'm just going to get out. <laughs> really? You just want to cash in? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, you know, if it starts really when you growing. When like that, though, you've got to be okay with the loss. You yeah. just have yeah. to be. You have to be at peace with it. Well, I'm, I'm at peace. I've already considered it lost. I just don't want it to be a final write-off. Wasn't until... it fun, though, to just dive in? It was Wasn't a little... fun to sort of like, oh, It was, because for that moment, I was like, it's going to turn I'm into 100000 It's going to be amazing. Yeah, there's no sort of shortcuts to making money, really. Apart from property, I think. It's the yeah. only... I think property is still a good thing, even with all that's going on. Um, what, did you, are you... Are we allowed to... Are you, did you find... An, you found you were going to look at something in Long Beach, you told me. Yeah, I'm still looking. I'm looking are at... Are feeling it? Um, I don't know yet. I'm, I think the prices... I still think prices are going to drop. Buy. You know, I think a, a, a place for five or six hundred thousand probably is not going to drop that much. Right. But I think a house that's going for three million is probably going to drop to two, um, you know, two seven. Like I think we're going to see. I've already seen in Topanga and other places yeah. things are dropping. Top of the market. Off. Yeah, top of the market drops two hundred thousand. Drops hundred. Houses have been sitting on the market for two hundred and fifty eight days. And what do you think will happen to Los Angeles? Do you think it will contract? Do you think that? Well, I sort of hope so. And then I because I want to buy some more property. Do you remember it used to be, and I show my age, but it, it used to be a little more vacated. Yeah. I remember it was just a bit, now it's just mad. It's, it's, it's insane. And people, and the only things that you're seeing such an influx of condos. And building and building and building, I just wonder. I mean, it's sort of exciting for the skyline. I don't think it's exciting for the neighbors, though. No, well, even a lot of the neighborhoods that are taking garages and putting in ADUs and, and making duplexes and stuff. So I, I definitely think, I mean, it's a very expensive place to live. Although my friends in Vancouver would beg to differ and say that really? it's worse there. Why is Vancouver? Is Vancouver expensive? Well, it's, it's incredibly it's expensive. Is it tax? Is it the tax? Yeah, I mean, yeah. in obviously Canada has a very different system to ours, yeah. but they tax you pretty high, heavily there. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the film business is now. So Yeah. So what would be your words of wisdom to some young kid that's getting ready to go make it big in Hollywood? Oh, absolutely go 150 miles an hour, hit a wall, get up, get back on, go at 200 miles an hour, Get off, get back on. Just go. Just go. Just And don't worry about, don't have a backup plan. Yeah. I know people talk about safety nets and things like that. No backup. Why have a backup plan? Yeah. Why give that, why give that, um, a voice? Chatter. Space. Yeah. Why give that, ch yeah, go, fail, and you won't keep failing because eventually you will make a Jason Mraz video. Exactly. Hey, that was an amazing J Jason Mraz. 
I will Raven. Say, if I can say this about uh, success, yeah, I'm only saying I've had I've had some success, limited success. It's really is an illusion. It doesn't cha- it doesn't change how you feel. Like right. it will never change how you feel. But uh, if you're driven, it will that will get you through it. Yeah, you know. Well, I definitely um, appreciate, and I think I'm still fighting it that you know we can't take it with us right that it's the really cash? cash that it's really about life experiences well, you, I mean, you could in the you could if you were being buried in the in a, in a tomb in, in Egypt. a tomb i mean you can't spend it on many things <laughs> but, no but the idea was that that stuff came with you so yeah. how is it so you're so you're saying is you can't take it with you you might as well spend it i'm saying you might as well go for experiences like mm. that's why i love traveling right. i love um meeting other people i like seeing other cultures i like i think for me the biggest thing about traveling is it shifted my perspective about money because i've spent some time in africa and they're so happy like they're happy people and i couldn't get over that the very first time when i you know it's like how can you be happy you don't have material things what do you think it's because they don't have instagram and they're not sort of there's no fomo and there's no comparisons and it's just like well you have an ox i have an ox yeah okay you know, I mean, what's the... Uh, what and if you, the other one had a the car, conceit? they had an Oxford. Yeah, but what do, you think the, <laughs> what do you think the conceit is there? Why do you think that they... What I think it is, is because they don't have all that money. I think one of the things that we have in this country is enough money to build fences and build the walls like you were talking about. Right. And I think in um, places like in certain countries in Africa and in Peru, you have to learn to live with the community. Right. You, you may not like... Johnny down the street or Billy's the drunk, but you have to like all help each other. And I think um, there's something about that where they do have to take care of each other. And and I don't think I think we've gotten so individualized in this country that we have the privilege of building walls and and fences and keeping people out of our neighborhoods instead of learning to actually interact together. I think you're sort of speaking to a bigger thing there uh, about can, perhaps cancel culture. And that that's sort of anti-community. Yeah. And it's really not a good thing. Like if you, let's take your idea that everyone's living in, together in a, and living wonderfully in Africa in the community and the community corrects itself. Mm-hmm. You can't just suddenly eradicate someone. You can't yeah. just cancel them out. Right. You know, we're here. You, I mean, before we, you started filming, we were talking about some people whose lives are just completely over now. They're completely over now. You know what I mean? They don't come back. They don't come back. You know. And, um, yeah, so I appreciate, like, that there's community and connection. And yeah. I keep in touch with some of these people that I've and, met. And, and is any, anyone coming to stay? Nobody's come to stay yet. Although, um, yeah, I'm sure the Nepalese people are so beautifully nice. But, man, that's a rough life. So I think... What did you meet? So were you in Kathmandu and Pokhara? Where were you? Uh, well, I was mostly hiking the trails up in to Base Anapana? Camp. I didn't make it to Annapurna. That's a different uh, area. I want to go back. Um, but I was up at Everest and Kalapatar. And um, there's just so I the people you the met bus- were Sherpas. You met Sherpas. Yeah, met Sherpas and, and village people. And village people. Did you drink the apple chang? I had some stuff at the end where they we pitched in and had some local right. crazy alcohol. It's very strong. I went to Annapurna. I didn't I, I, I didn't do base camp. Base camp you're you've gone you're far braver than me. I don't think I could deal with that altitude. I don't know how you deal with that altitude. Heavy drugs. No. Did you take anything? No, I took some altitude. Did um, it work? I did yeah it did. 
But you have to be careful with that because then you get a false sense of um, feeling healthy. Um, we actually almost brought my friend back in a body bag because um, – Young or old? She was – you know, she was probably 45. So the way altitude sickness works is you know what it does. It takes – your skull and it sort of crushes from the inside. Your brain, yeah. right there. That's why children normally have a really, really bad time with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they normally it's it's altitude is easier on the old than it is on the young. Wow. Because your brain's already sort of, it's you know, already there. Yeah. yeah. And you, and so and so you were like uh, Sir Edmund Hillary coming down the mountain. With your friend that you were rescuing in a body bag. Uh, almost in a body bag. She was on a horse and we were running after the horse because she was starting to go into a coma. I mean, listen to this story that you're telling me. You're not, wait, wait, what's that going to happen here in Ventura County? Yeah, it's, no, not gonna, it's not. I was on a horse coming down a mountain. My friend was dying of altitude sickness. And, uh, and I had a hangover from this <laughs> apple changos that I'd been, I'd been given. Was there any... So you mentioned Peru. You've been to Peru. I've been to Peru. So did you go to... Machu Picchu. Yes. So that's, so you you're basically the man that likes to go high. I do. Right. So I nothing do. under ten thousand feet for you. <laughs> Colorado, maybe. I've done the Colorado. Uh, have you done the yeah, Continental Pass? I have not done the Continental Pass. That's very pretty. Is that pretty cool? So so hang on, because I'm curious about this. Because I'd love to go to Machu Picchu. Yeah, it's awesome. Did you chew the coca leaf? No, we took the train up. Nobody wanted to walk up. I wanted to hike. The trail with uh, what do they have? Mules, llamas. Yeah, llamas, and and chew the the coca leaves. Coconut. I wanted to do that. You didn't do that? No, no, nobody was game for that. Do so. you like Peruvian food? Um, it's good. I, I did. I um, I didn't try the guinea pig, but I did have the um, I did have the llama. And llama's uh, got to be good. No, it, it was not bad. It's not bad. I had uh, in. I took my girlfriend and my son to Vietnam, and they eat dogs there. Yeah. And I watched my son eat dog meat. And um, did he know it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog meat. I think that was a big, big moment for him. Wow, it was a big moment. So when he's I like, "I'll never do that again, Dad." Now where's my fifty bucks? It oh my like god, that's funny. So when he says, uh, "Dad, I want a puppy," <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs> oh, <but>, yeah. <laughs> so guinea pig. Yeah, that guinea pig. Yeah. So uh, and then did you find? Um, how did you find when you got to the actual Machu Picchu, the big mm-hmm. sort of view? What was that like for you? Oh, once man. you got there, well, for me, it like I've, I've, you know, I've read about um, the Incas and all these different um, Native Americans, and just sitting there and being in this place where these were people of higher learning mm-hmm. and all the culture. It, it, for me, it was just it was amazing. Just the vastness and the ability to build all the stuff. You know, if you'd left me to build a city up in the mountains, we might have a lean-to, right? We're not going to – it's not going to be fancy. And um, just the uh, the detail and um, a lot of stuff, how it lined up with the stars mm-hmm. and all this – like there was just so much amazing uh, wisdom in in all that was built. So for me, it was just very awe-inspiring and just like – Wow, that's pretty crazy because they did not have, or we're not aware of them having the technology that we have now to build that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was just really uh, a lot of respect. Where's next? Where's next? I want to go to um, Patagonia, to Argentina. Yeah. Or will you go to Uruguay? Yeah, I'd love that to do that. That would be. Very- I want to do a lot of South America. 
Brazil? Yeah, not so much. I'm more like um, Uruguay, Paraguay, Ecuador, all those places. I want to go to the Galapagos. And what is the what is the yen to go there? Why South America? It's not something I particularly wanted to go. Um, I'm just curious about it. It's I I feel like it's un, undiscovered, untapped. So you're sort of Vasco da Gama or, or Columbus. <laughs> I just think that yeah, I think it'd be really. I think there's some really cool stuff down there. We, I don't think we know a lot about so Bolivia. I don't know anything about Bolivia. You mean you don't know about Bolivia? I don't know the about Bolivians. Do. They know plenty about Bolivia. Right. Yeah. We don't know a lot. Like we that. don't. Venezuela, I think you need to avoid. I went to Cuba. Have you been to Cuba? I've not been to Cuba. I do want to go to Cuba. So I went to Cuba and um, I wanted to have a real Cuban experience. Yeah. And I met this guy who was into um, Santeria, which mm-hmm. is voodoo. Yeah. And he said to me, through an interpreter, you know, come to my home and I'll give you a purification. So I went with the interpreter, this horrible project in the middle, just on the outskirts of Havana. He goes, okay, you got to give me $80. I was like, and he was very nice about yeah. it in his apartment. I was like, okay, fine. Give me $80. He goes, okay, I'm going to go and get stuff. <coughs> Came back with three chickens. Oh, no. And I said, okay, well, I was all there, I'm in, yeah. whatever. I had these two massive guys chanting behind me in Yerub, which is ancient tribal African. Right. And this guy with a massive belly. And he was like, chanting away. And then he said, take off his shirt, took off my shirt, got on my knees, cuts the chicken's head off, pours the blood all over me. Carrying on chanting, it's just like because you're being purified right now. But comes out with a jar of honey, puts the jar of honey all over me. I'm literally like tarred and feathered. I'm just with like, blood and honey, made with blood yeah. and honey, and um, and then tells me, congratulates me, tells me I'm a, I'm completely purified. Sticks a cigar in my mouth, gives me that much Cuban rum. Says you've got to drink it straight away. Drank that, and then I was purified. It's quite. But those you won't get again. You won't get that experience in Burbank. Not and not for eighty bucks. <laughs> I thought it was a steal. That's a good I, deal. I got ripped off. But I thought it was a steal. Just have the story. Oh man, that's what travel will give. That's you. what travel's about. Yeah. That's the fun stuff. Well, where can people find you on social media and all that good stuff? Uh, Elliot Lester eighty eight at Instagram. Uh, ElliotLester dot com. Two L's, two T's in Elliot. Um, I think most of my films are around. I'm around. I B. I M D. I M B D. I M. I M D B. D B. Yes. Check it out. Yes, check it out. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thanks so much. What a treat. Twenty-four I, years in the making. Twenty-four years in the making. And I'll just say to our listeners, please don't forget to share the laughs. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeart, or your favorite podcast player. Elliot, thanks. 